Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Jesus understands that life can be confusing. He sees you in your time of trial and He's compassionate. He loves you. Today, Pastor J.D. will remind you that even men of faith like Peter and John the Baptist had their moments of questioning God's goodness, but in the end, they were willing to trust. Jesus is worthy of your faith no matter what you're going through today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 21st, 2019. Mary conceives by the Holy Spirit the Savior of the world. And she travels. She ends up spending three months with Elizabeth, but she travels to her and shares with her. And as she approaches her, we're told that John kicked in the womb. Oh my goodness. You remember that, mom, dad? Oh, how I loved it when my wife would say, he kicked, (laughs) put my hand on her tummy and wait for the next kick. And But we're told that he kicked in Elizabeth's womb and her heart leaped for joy. And get this, she was filled with the Holy Spirit at that time. Fast forward some 30 plus years, and John, for the life of him, is hurt. He can't imagine. Why hasn't Jesus figured out some way to release me from this prison. So verse 2, we're told, when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, which tells me that for a period of time during the public ministry of Jesus, John was incarcerated. He was unable to witness all that was happening So he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? I don't understand. The answer that Jesus gives to them to take back to John is astonishing. Listen to what he says. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see, 
the blind see, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Go tell them that. And one more thing. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. What? Does that mean that John was offended? John was hurt by Jesus because Jesus did not do what he had hoped and even expected that he would do? Lest we be too hard on John, I think we would all do well to consider our own propensity to start doubting, become fearful, when the Lord hasn't done what we had expected Him to do. Take heart. John isn't alone in this. He's in very good company. Many like him had a crisis of faith during those times of great doubt and fear. And again, never imagine the Lord condemning. He's always comforting and encouraging to those who cower and falter. I think of something that Oswald Chambers once said, that God never faults a man, a woman, for despair. He knows our frame. He knows we are but dust. We are weak. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. It should be noted that Jesus would go on to praise John the Baptist after he sent the disciples back to give him that message in prison. I mean, he goes on and he says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. You know, I think we do err greatly when we see these men and women as not being real people like ourselves. We sort of take them out of the arena of reality and put them in this place where, I mean, this is John the Baptist. Well, John the Baptist was just like you and I. I think of Peter. I, I love Peter. I truly cannot wait to meet him in glory. Really quite an amazing man. Um, very passionate. I also see him as being very emotional. There's nothing wrong with having emotions. Just don't let the emotions have you. One has said it this way. Emotions are good servants. They're terrible masters. Jesus had emotions. In the 12th chapter of Matthew, verses 20 and 21, we're told that a bruised reed 
he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name the nations will put their hope. After Peter had denied Jesus that third time, there's an interesting detail in the account. We're told that he locked eyes with Jesus. I'm sure winced away. I can't believe I just did that. And don't think for a second that Satan wasn't right there trying to sift him as wheat, as Jesus said he would. Wow, Peter, you're done, man. You denied him three times. You're done. Peter believed it. That's why he tried to go back into his fishing business. When Jesus appears to him, to restore him three times, by the way, Peter's that bruised reed. John is that bruised reed, that smoldering wick. I think of what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his second epistle, the fourth chapter. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Here's why. We're always carrying about in the body, and this is important, please don't miss this, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Did you catch that? Stay with me, please. Nowhere does resurrection precede crucifixion. You're crushed. You're bruised, you're beaten down, weary, hanging on by a thread. Jesus said, do you want to follow me? Yes, I do. Do you want to be my disciple? Yes, I do. Okay, then here's what you need to do. You need to die. You need to pick up your cross, and you need to die. Crucify yourself, because the crucified life is the resurrected life. That's the key. He goes on to say, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. Kind of morbid, isn't it? All this talk of death. But it must happen. It must happen this way. It's a death to self 
a dying to self. Many of us today, particularly in these, the last days, are hard-pressed and bruised, as that read, perplexed, struck down as that smoldering wick, but God. But God will never crush us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Lo, He will be with us always, even until the ends of the earth. Yeah, but pastor, with all due respect, I appreciate what you're saying, but you have no idea what I'm going through right now. I'll tell you, I talk to people, I, we, there's so many prayer requests coming from people all over the world, and I just, I weep. I just weep. I think, oh Lord. I think sometimes, and maybe it's because of, of the way I'm wired, I, I carry it. I, I take it on myself, and the Lord just kind of gently revealed to me that He took care of it. He paid for it. He defeated it. Yeah, but they only have like maybe days, at best weeks, to live. I know. I defeated it. I defeated it. Just this last week, I, I heard of a sister in Christ on the mainland that has stage four cancer. Her mom died within the last 12 months, and her dad also has stage four cancer. Just heard from my precious brother in Christ this morning that her daughter, her daughter died yesterday suddenly. Lord, I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. Why why are you allowing this to happen, Lord? I want to say this to you. By all the authority that I have in Jesus Christ and in the power of His might, that whatever you are facing on this Resurrection Sunday, it's not going to have the final word in your life. God is. That trial, that pain, that anguish, that dark passage of the night, as one called it, it's not going to have the final word. He has the final word. You know what that final word is? It's finished. And He has risen. He has defeated death. Satan is a defeated foe. You know, sometimes, I hope you don't think I'm weird when I share this with you, but sometimes I will say that out loud. 
I know they have clinical terms for this, but... (laughs) I will proclaim it aloud. I I tell you, there's a a method behind the madness, if I can say it that way. See, Satan cannot read my mind, but he can... the demons can hear my voice. And I will say out loud, Satan, you are a liar! I don't believe you! You are a defeated foe! And then I look to Jesus and I say to Jesus, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And he has to flee. I would even say he wants to flee. He can't stand it. Just saying the name of Jesus, because he has won the victory for me, for you. You know, the Apostle Paul writes and says that the power of God to resurrect Jesus from the dead, imagine just how much power in the realm of the Spirit it would take to resurrect the dead, not to mention the God-man, fully God, fully man. Do you know that that same power is available to us in the person of the Holy Spirit? We have that power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why as we, in our study through Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, So love that verse where Paul declares, I can do all things, anything, through Christ who strengthens me, empowers me. That's the resurrection power. I have that power. Greater is He that is in me, the power that is in me than he that is in the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Yes, I know. In this world, you're going to suffer. You're going to have pain and suffering and difficulty and sorrow, but be of good cheer. You want to know why? Because I rose from the dead, man. I defeated death. Death no longer has the sting. And I am risen. And I am alive. And I am coming back. Can't wait. I know this might sound cliche. But Jesus paid in full for all our sin. Let that sink in. Because you know what sin brought? Death, right? Think about this. Isn't sin at the core of all of your pain and suffering? We suffer either because of our sin or somebody else's sin. That's the result of pain and suffering and sorrow. It's because of sin. But wait, 
Jesus paid in full for sin. So doesn't that also mean that we have victory over that suffering and pain and all that comes as a result of the sin? Even right now, Satan doesn't want you to grasp this life-freeing truth. Because he knows that he's a defeated foe. He does not want you to know that. So here we all are on a Resurrection Sunday, celebrating the risen Lord. Do you know what that means to you and to me? No longer. It's over. Good news. The victory's won. I need not despair. I need not doubt in fear. Can I just mention one more thing about John the Baptist, who I hope that you will see differently today? I wonder what his response was when they came back to him, and he's just waiting with anticipation to hear what Jesus was going to say. And I wonder if deep down inside he was hoping they would come back and say, Hey John, big misunderstanding. So sorry. We talked to Jesus. Here's the deal. Um, he didn't forget about you. He's been really busy, you know, casting out demons, healing the lepers. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he's going to try to see what he can do. Now, here's the message he brought back. I am the Messiah. I know your circumstances are such that you're questioning that. You're doubting that. And you're having this crisis of faith. And I would even say, and, and I understand, and it's okay. I don't want you to stay there, but I know you're hurt. Because I didn't figure out a way to get you released from this prison that you're in. Maybe some of you are in a prison of a trial today. And if the truth were made known, you're disappointed, disenchanted, and confused. Why is, you know what would happen with John? It wouldn't be much longer after they brought back the message that he would get beheaded. I think it's Matthew 14. I can't remember what verse off the top of my head. But in Matthew 14, we're told that when Jesus was told that John got beheaded by Herod, it really affected him. So much so that he withdrew himself from the crowds of people and went to a place to be alone. How about that? I'm of the belief that John, when he got the message back, closed the file. Okay. And he could say, like Job before him, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.